0: Welcome to a Focus Fire Chat Let's Chat. Uh, We're recording this offline on October 27th, 2019. Uh, Usually I would put the Twitch thing in here, so it's pardon me for my my randomness here. But as always, we want to give a big shout out to the community for putting up with us. I think we're going to actually use this as our uh, Thanksgiving episode. So by the time you guys are hearing this, we will be offline this week but we're going to be giving this out to kind of give everyone a filler if you will during that week uh but as with most of the let's chats these are going to be just more just casual sitting down with ourselves myself and green and then we will usually have a guest on uh and this week our guest is the you know the infamous lady she bear (laughs)
1: little she bear little
0: she bear gosh you know what this is what happens when I go off a combination of memory and impromptu ness, um, and caffeine. <laughs> and caffeine. No, oh, I need more caffeine. Actually, that's that's definitely the thing. But uh, just so, just normal, real quick question for you, She Bear. Uh, where where can we find you out on the internet?
2: I'm. Pretty, if you see someone called Little She Bear on the internet, chances are it's me. I've had this username for years, so I'm on. I'm on Ao3. Um, Twitter. I'm more Kelly on Twitter because that's Elvish for Little She-Bear. I'm also little of the Yeah, Little She-Bear was taken, so I went with the Queen, yeah. More Kelly. <laughs> nice.
1: Um, I know since this is kind of just an impromptu type interview to start things out, I, you and I had a chance to talk a little bit before we started recording about your background and your specialties because I noticed on Twitter you are a um, very staunch supporter and whatnot of having realistic perspectives of what's going on with each of the characters and you have a very interesting insight into the writing process and i wanted for our listeners to understand a little bit of your background um tell them about your 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 philosophy and law (laughs) and all the different degrees you hold at this point
2: all the things, yeah. Um, I originally went to university in St Andrews, Scotland, to study English literature, but mm-hmm. I did philosophy to fill out my credits. But I was doing a lot better in philosophy, so I just switched over. But I still love like English lit. But uh, for philosophy, I specialized in philosophy of art. Mm-hmm. I ended up I ended up doing a masters. I did the ontology of artworks for my master's degree, which basically means I studied how artworks exist. Like, what's the difference between how music exists and how a painting exists? And, mm-hmm. and then I worked for a bit in the non-profit sector. Then I went back to study law and then the credit crunch happened. So I went back to university and did a master's in visual culture, which is kind of, it's across, uh, visual culture is like across cross It's It takes in like advertising, art history, philosophy. English literature, all sorts of different things, game studies. And I wrote a thesis as a critical analysis of journey with a particular emphasis on the technological sublime. Um, the sublime being that state of being when you're completely overwhelmed with emotion because you can't understand something or it's, 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 it's too grand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I did. I looked at journey through that lens. Right. Uh, jo- journey, the, the game by that game company, or the little guy running around in the desert.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, not not the the band. Okay,
2: not the band. No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay, that makes more sense.
1: Journey by yeah. that game company slash Jennifer Chen. Yes, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. It's immensely interesting to know that you have all these different perspectives that you are able to bring to the the game as far as just your own perspective and your own life experiences. With Destiny in particular, I'm curious if it's kind of a smorgasbord of just all these different philosophies and concepts being thrown together as, uh, from the writer's perspective, as well as the um, art design and the backdrops and their choices for all of the different aspects that you have in the game. Is there something in particular that you are drawn to in Destiny?
2: Actually, I just really enjoyed the gunplay. I didn't really get into the war. Yes! And, I started, uh, yeah, nice. I started, and I liked the fact that, unlike most FPS, it's very—it's really beautiful. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you call it, your Call of Duties, your Medal of Honours, it's all, like, green and beige and brown. Mm-hmm. And here you've got, like, these rainbow space wizards <laughs> running around. <laughs> so that was really And then I started reading The Grim War, and I was kind of blown away by it. And the thing I liked about The Grim War, which a lot of people hated, was how scattershot it was, mm-hmm. you know, how it's like oh, you had to like pull like pieces of evidence from like all these different sources. And uh, the Rings a lot before that, the Tolkien Legendarium, and you have to do the same thing in that fandom because you've got Lord of the Rings, you've got the Hobbit, you've got the Silmarillion, yeah, you've got the Book of Lost Tales, History of Middle Earth, and they often contradict each other, and you have to decide which one is more likely to be canon, and which part would overrule another part and you've got all these mm-hmm. all these unreliable narrators and you got to kind of piece it together by yourself. And I really enjoy that kind of detective work, but putting it together like a puzzle. So, yeah, that's why I kind of fell into the Destiny lore hole and never climbed out. <laughs> like,
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: I mean, the lore, what do
1: you think of the development as far as their movement from the... I guess pieces pieces we got in D1 of the different aspects in the stories to the book style that they're releasing books now yeah
2: um there's still sort of like little pieces of uh, ancillary pieces i like it's kind of like again to use the lord of the rings analogy it's like the difference between the novels and the appendices like you, so i i like the fact you've got these big chunks that you can just mm-hmm. you know sit down and digest but you've also got little lore cards on the exotics and things like that to sort of What's the word? Compliment it. It's, it's, just, it's just a really fun system that they've set up. I, 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 I really enjoy it. Nice. What's your favourite story? Oh god. The first one that really grabbed me was the uh, Ishtar collective, you know, Myas and Daresh and the, mm-hmm. all the possible worlds and the, um, the copies because I think that's a really interesting philosophical point, you know, are they the same people? Mm-hmm. Are they the same people initially or do they go off and become different people? And that you get that question with the exos as well, like, and with guardians, you know, when they're first resurrected, are they the same person? As like like Aldrin, you know, Aldrin mm-hmm. 2.0, like, is he the same person? Should we still be angry at him? Or because he has a clean slate, is he is he a completely different person? There's all these interesting questions about personal identity because of memory loss and duplication. Um, do you remember Sounds that? Yeah, do you remember that Star Trek episode where Riker got split? In the into mm-hmm. into, into, it's, it's the same kind of idea like are they the same person when did they cease to be when did they start being different people right so yeah different it was the ishtar,
1: experiences
2: yeah so it was the ishtar collective initially um Oren's story i think is heartbreaking mm-hmm. um and I, I anything to do with the dark age because it's so like mysterious and the apocalypse porn <laughs> i really <Yeah>. like that <laughs> Uh, the Iron Lord stories. Uh, I love anything to do with the Iron Lords in the Dark Age. And... Yeah. Um,
1: I know that well, you then. are like a super uh, supporter of Zavala and like defending him on Twitter. That's oh, like yes. The <laughs> thing I see you most often having to argue with people because there's the argument for, for Aldrin, which I think most people kind of come around to not being mm-hmm. so angry at him. But yeah. Zavala still gets a bad rap.
2: He does, yeah. I do find it incredible that people are kind of over the guy who actually killed Kate, but they're mm-hmm. still mad at Zavala. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I do find that very, very strange. But yeah, Zavala's Zavala appeals appeals to me because I've always liked characters who are driven by duty. Mm-hmm. And I know people, a lot of people like sort of moral morally. I'm I'm kind of tired of morally grey characters. Maybe it's an age thing. I'm <laughs> at the stage where I like characters who are you know unequivocally not not necessarily good, but they have a code. Like and they, Petra they
1: have, and Zavala kind of share that they have their duty yeah, that they, yeah. they hold to their I'm particular not, group.
2: Yeah, and I think that's why they butt heads so much because they're both, mm-hmm. you know, very convinced that their particular position is right. But they're kind of like unopposed. Well, they were. I don't know if they still are. I get the feeling they might have come around to each other a little bit now. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Zavala is my favorite character from. Like I, I played you know Vanilla, Destiny One Vanilla and he, I, I read his Grimwar card and it referenced Basho and I was like yes this is the one this is the one I'm going to hyperfixate fixate on. <laughs> he references obscure Japanese poetry. This is the mm-hmm. one. <laughs> so, not Shax, not Shaxx
1: with the uh, the Shakespearean quotes or anything like that.
2: Well, I mean Shakespeare too. You know he quotes Henry the Fourth Part mm-hmm. Two, I think it is, and uh, mm-hmm. he references he references Hamlet at the end of the Mithrax quest. So I wonder who taught who Shakespeare first. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Like, who introduced who to Shakespeare? Because they both obviously love the Bard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I... I, I wonder if... I, the thing with Zavala is I think he's quite a difficult character to get. He's not very... He's not very accessible, I think, you know, con- contrast with Cade. You know, Cade's funny and he talks a lot and there's a lot of lore that's very easy to get because you get it in the course of quests. The Vala, it's much more kind of buried underneath. You've got to listen to his idle dialogue.
1: But there's also yeah. the aspect that Cade is relatable. You, Everybody mm-hmm. knows a friend who's going to be funny and kind of that jokester mm-hmm. who's not going mm-hmm. to listen to anything. Yeah. Whereas I think there are fewer people today who are the, the, the duty bound. The mm-hmm. People who are just utterly devoted to their not just position but to protecting and being in that kind of position, unless you're in the military, I don't know too terribly many people who exude that on a normal basis,
2: yeah Rarer today um and I also think it's the case of it's probably difficult to relate to someone who. You know, Destiny's got, it's, it's, Destiny's very funny in a lot of ways, but there's also this kind of grim, dark, apocalyptic aspect to it as well. But you have this character who just sort of maintains his faith. You know, he's <laughs> un, like his, Zavala's faith is unshakable. And that's kind of, it's kind of an extreme character trait that I think can be quite difficult to grasp. But, you know, for me, I find characters who kind of retain their moral code in the face of all this all these setbacks, this darkness. I find that really compelling. Like I said, that does a lot more for me personally than someone who's someone like the Drifter, who's more morally gray, and you mm-hmm. don't know which way they're going to go. That, that's just my personal preference.
1: I think Blue would agree with you on.
2: That.
0: Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say the other thing too with uh, with the Zavala piece is that whereas I I think the reason that a lot of people have trouble or have difficulty you know forgiving Zavala is that Zavala's present in the game whereas Aldrin is not and so I think mm-hmm. it's a lot of times I think the other thing is people fixate on the immediate concern um, which I think is also maybe potentially a nod to what's causing problems with Zavala. Zavala doesn't, Zavala doesn't necessarily focus on the immediate problem he's he's also trying to focus on the bigger problem like with the whole thing with Rasputin I know a lot of people gave him grief for that Um and you know, like I didn't necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with the way that he did it. Um, but what he was trying to do was, you know, he's he's ultimately trying to look out for the bigger picture. Which, you know, take it or leave it, first person shooter gamers are not necessarily going to be fixated on the bigger picture. Um, you know, that's that's not normal for a first person shooter campaign to to have a grand arcing. Uh, story really that you can access like it's not not necessarily something um, like Call of Duty is always this mission this mission this mission you know run down this run down yeah. run down this hallway get get point A and then go to point B and then game or mission over watch a big cutscene you know that's that's kind of the formula that all first person shooters kind of have over the years kind of developed into so. Whereas, like, MMOs, single-player RPGs, you know, I find it interesting that the people that I know that play, that come from that background, are usually actually the ones that don't have a problem with, you know, what you were talking about with Zavala. They understand it. They don't, they might not agree with it. Like, there's, that definitely, like, there's people who don't, but there's not, like, this, like, oh, well, he just doesn't know what he's doing. No, it's like, they're just like, yeah, I just don't think that's, you shouldn't be focusing on that. Like, they they understand a a grander campaign or grander scheme of things. Um, But I really do get the feeling, too, that a large part of the tendency to forgive Uldren is actually probably more likely the the tendency to forget Uldren. Because Mm. he's not in the tower every time you load in. You know, he's not just standing there. Um, Which will be which will be interesting if when, you know, he ever comes back. I'm I'm going to be curious to see the flux of emotions that uh, people have going through that.
2: Yeah, there's that part in the Chronicron where the shadow of Callus kills Aldrin over and over and over over again. I wonder if that was metacometry on the writer's part.
0: Yeah, I think that was was Jill's catharsis on on a number of things.
2: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I can't wait for Aldrin to get back. Like, I never react. Me too. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be interesting.
1: On so many different yeah. levels, you're going to mm-hmm. have so many, not just aspects of people coping with him as a guardian, but also the his role. What role mm-hmm. is he going to play?
2: Yeah, we don't know yet. You can just imagine him walking through the city and it's like why is everyone looking at me like this what oh my gosh do? man <laughs> those are some of the
0: best web comics is the the yeah. whole thing where it's like him trying to figure out i'm like oh my gosh i feel so bad but it's so funny <laughs> at the same time the what was the yeah. other one the one where zavala's like good like it's like I don't I don't agree that this is gonna happen at all, but like Zaval like he loads in and it's the webcomic where Zavala just like loses his mind and Icor is like, No, 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 no and he's just like pummeling him. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, you know, if something's gonna make Zavala snap, I can see that maybe being it. Like just Because I've again, it's done you- the other
2: way around as well. Mhm. Uh I've, I've seen one with like Icaro no trying to nova bomb against Zavala. Oh gosh. Oh <laughs> no.
0: See like I just think, you know, going going back again to like Zavala being like this character who's who's driven by his um his faith. Like you know that faith of that faith of being you know the traveler choosing the light and the light being, you know, quote unquote the right, you know, not the wrong way. I would. I'm. I'm interested to see his reaction to the information that Aldrin has been resurrected. Simply because I'm curious about how he will take that up in light of his understanding of what the light is. Because you know, mm-hmm. you know, you have this um, uh, pseudo pseudo Christian type concept of like the the wealth uh, or the the right. Of the light and you know the the paradise esque type concept of we're fighting for a higher good, and then you you take that and you have a character such as Aldrin, um, arguably a lot of characters. I mean, I'm I'm doing some work with the Karnstein armlets, and you know the the guardian who created those. It's it's very questionable about the the goodness of the risen i mean even though they don't they might Ooh. not have memories you have like warlords you have uh, mm-hmm. rogue light bearers. you know all these things um i'm just cur- i'm i'm really curious about if we're ever going to see like a more under the hood look of zavalas justifications for how that fits within his faith that the light is is the good you know as opposed to this bi- in this binary light dark realm mm-hmm. that we we kind of exist in. Which is kind of weird because I mean, even that has its own shades of grey.
2: Yeah, I mean he was around in the dark the dark age, and I mean he was a pupil of Saladin, so he would have no maybe he maybe he had direct experience of Warlords. He might have had indirect experience with Saladin, so he'd certainly have had experience of that before. Um and it, I, I kind of wish we had more introspection with Zavala, about the only source we have is the um, pilgrimage lore card where he goes mm-hmm. to Io. I, I love mm-hmm. that lore card. And one passage in particular that I absolutely adore is where he's thinking about that, he's thinking about Basho and the, the poison lake that draws animals mm-hmm. to it, and then kills it, and then you know, that makes him think of the Traveler. So he's not completely unaware of the Traveler's status as maybe a danger as well as a salvation. But I think he very and that he, he would never say that in public because he wants to, he he wants the guardians to fight for the light because he believes that's the most the most utilitarian util, utilitarian the right word
0: yeah well and i think the other yeah. thing too is they're also you know kind of swinging back into like maybe the topic that we originally were thinking about is like the perspective you know The other thing is, is like we we're talking about curious of what his point of view is, but then we have to realize that what we see is what he is presenting to, you know, to all the guardians. So it's not necessarily what is going to be what he thinks, which is weird to kind of voice. But that's the other thing that you have to keep in mind with like that's one of the things that I love about the lore of Destiny is that it's all in character lore like there's no mm-hmm. impartial um, narrator necessarily it's it's just all this is in game lore or in sorry in game perspective so it's like you know you have to have that bias taken into account mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a really interesting thing I think a lot of people um, a lot of people tend to overlook at the first blush because of that's just not that's not something that's normal within a lot of even for even video games in general um you know you don't have always a lot of that yeah usually
2: sorry go on i was gonna say yeah usually it's all there in the manual
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It, actually, actively mislead you. <laughs> so, right? You know, yeah, something. yeah.
0: I got I got a copy of the Arms and Armament thing from the like the vanilla uh, collector's edition, and it's like it's really interesting. The stuff that like I'm reading, and I'm like, but that's not true. Like <laughs> we <Yeah>. we know <laughs> yeah. that's not right. Like I'm like, but it's it, you know from from the beginning, it's been it's been that way. Uh, I find that I found that really kind of intriguing.
1: Mm-hmm. So my question is, would we consider every character an unreliable narrator because of that? Because it's all through their own eyes.
0: Well, okay, so here's the thing is, this is where I really agree with Kex and, you know, and the thing this this actually ties into some stuff that you deal with in real reality, right? Eyewitnesses are not the end all be all because eyewitnesses are are in and of themselves not reliable. Uh human memory is like f- fickle at best if you mm-hmm. if you really want to get to it um, and everyone has an agenda everyone has, and that's not a nefarious thing, that's just everyone has the way that they view reality and everything is colored by that perception so it's not that I, I would that's all to say that I would not go as far to say that all sources of information are unreliable I think that what would be more like or more appropriate to say is that we have to recognize that all sources have a bias. And as long as you take into account that bias, you know, we, we've talked about this with Purple before. As long as you take into account that bias, then you can safely, you know, safely perceive the information that is being presented by those individuals,
1: what do you, what do you think about the the
2: question um, yeah I think so long as you I think you have to look at what's the character's motivation you know what what's their ending what about, I think it's kind of to. i think the one of the relationships that kind of crystallizes the speaker versus Osiris mm-hmm. like osiris is, is after truth and, and knowledge and everything and the is threatened by him because I kind of see the city as a little bit like Plato's Republic, and that mm-hmm. it's built on a noble—it's built on a noble lie, because Plato said, you know, if you're raising these people away from their parents on an equal footing, how are you going to get them to be loyal to the city? And his solution was, you have to tell them—you have to tell a noble lie. You have to say they came from the soil and they're—they're they're the same as the city, and that's why they will protect the city. That's why they will protect the republic. And I think the speaker did something similar. You know, you had war and rogue light bearers running around killing each other. Well, you know. Enslaving people, um and then the speaker comes along and says, "No, no, no! We serve the traveler. We are guardians of the light. We have to protect people. This is what we're here for." I speak for the traveler. I know this. What I do, and everyone goes, yeah well, yeah, okay." And then you know, kind of, you get this era of relative peace. And then Osiris comes along, and goes, "Yeah, that's you know? all." <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's really that's probably why the speaker was so anti-Osiris. It's not necessarily that he's against knowledge. It's more that he worries what will happen if. What, what was potentially a noble lie is unmasked as a lie because I think I get the feeling that the city is constantly on a kind of a knife edge mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the, the political system in the city it's crap basically I mean oh yeah, absolutely. yeah well um, and, I mean no. yeah
0: that's I think that ties into what you're saying too about the yeah. noble lie is like because as soon as someone realizes that this fine balance doesn't actually need to be here mm-hmm. you're going to have yeah. faction wars and
2: yeah, I think I think the city's always a hop and a skip away from another faction war. I don't think it would take much. I would um, agree with that. So so yeah, you, you have to. So yeah, I think when you're looking at how to interpret lore, I think you have to think about the characterization and what the character wants and why would they say this? I know are they being truthful or are they do they have an agenda? So like you kind of have to kind of trace the thread from like personality to characterization to motivation and then kind of figure out why they're saying what they're saying mm-hmm. and whether it's true or not. So.
1: So we yeah. can have unreliable narrators that are telling like a purpose they know they're being unreliable. They have mm-hmm. they're purposefully deceiving in some respects, whether it's the noble truth or or not a noble truth, but like the noble lie mm-hmm. versus a character like Drifter who is purposefully misleading on certain things to manipulate a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, which granted, that is exactly what the
0: speaker the noble does. Lie it's is just mm-hmm.
2: right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's the it's the question of at what point are you comfortable saying that the lie is worth telling? Which is where mm-hmm. the Plato, you know, that's that's the whole thing with the noble lie is that it's it's the the fact that, the fact is that it's not the truth. I mean, if you're going to get down to brass tacks, you are deceiving your populace. Mm-hmm. But the question is does the populace need to know the truth? I mean, and and that's, that's, again, that, you know, that's, that happens today. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we have right now in politics, we have a huge debate going on about, you know, whether or not certain information should be allowed into open courts is, is classified Mm -hmm. information allowed because there's, you know, the, the ever present Booker Bear of national security. Mm-hmm. And that's not just—I mean, that's not just America. That's—that's that's, you know, pick a country. Across that's going to happen. World. Yeah, I mean, yeah. pick a country. Um, yeah. And I think that's that is a variant of the the reality that we exist in. And I think that might be also where you get some of the vehemence against the speaker. Is I've noticed I've noticed a pattern in some of the people who are very vehement against the speaker. They they also ha- have very particular views about the way reality works. And that's not a that's not a dig at them. I just there's a there is a kind of a, a weird little correlation that I've noticed, um, which is again perspective. You know, if you think that this is wrong, then you think this is wrong, and that's going to be amplified in a in a fictional, you know, setting, because no one's going to come to you overnight and tell you to not not talk against the speaker because the speaker's made up. Too and dark? It's too oldest, dark?
2: Nah. It's, it's one of the oldest moral questions, and we're, we're, still, we're still dealing with it. Like, is it okay to do something morally, what would normally be considered to be morally bad, like tell a lie, if it mm-hmm. ends up in a, in a good result? A utilitarian mm-hmm. would say, yes, that's a good thing to do because it, it ends up in a good result. A Kantian or a deontologist will say, no, you can never tell a lie because if you tell a lie, the whole concept of truth becomes, you know, subjective. Meaningless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's meaningless. You, you cannot have truth if you tell lies, so it's yeah, but we're still we're still grappling with this, you know it's it's that's one of the fun things about philosophy you're never you're never going to get a right answer. <laughs> that's kind of why I like it mm-hmm
1: I think it, you and blue share that in common like mm-hmm. history of both of you
0: it's just it's it's one of those things where it's it's a you have to be you 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 know with philosophy and with all that stuff. Uh, especially political philosophy and political history, you have to be comfortable with looking at really uncomfortable situations. Um, because the thing is, is at the end of the day, there's some, there some bad situations that they didn't end badly. And so a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, that's fine. It's like, uh... yeah. It's like, but is it? Like, I mean... <laughs> there's some questionable stuff that got had that did you know i mean it's uh in in history you know as as history goes and as time passes obviously it it lessens the blow um and a lot of things uh one of one of the prime examples that i always find intriguing is is the difference of views between the uh the nazi regime and the mongolians i'm like I mean, most people know the atrocities performed during the World Wars from the Nazis, but then not many people are familiar with mm. equally, if not worse, atrocities performed by Genghis Khan. I mean, there's there's a very. It's just interesting to me because the the only really big difference there is uh, the time that is well, that separates yeah. those two,
1: and the visibility of it. Yeah, the documentation. Well,
0: well, yeah. And I mean, which actually goes back to what I was saying about the uh, the Mongolians is because they were just better at eradicating the documentation against them.
2: Yeah. So
1: here's a question as far as if we're reading through or listening to different characters within the game, say Drifter or Toland or any of these characters who are giving us information, is there a way that we can kind of sort of assess... Um, assess what's going on the problem that i find that it's, it's super easy to automatically dismiss something that drifter says yet people will mm-hmm. oftentimes take into account of other characters who would not necessarily be reliable in the situation but because they are a more favorable character they tend to give it more credit <laughs> is there a way to counter it
0: i mean that's human nature right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that's that's again that's that's the thing that i go back to with uh, what i refer to as the kexian chart um you know it's it's the question of of impartial judgment towards eyewitnesses uh, which is very difficult i mean it's it's a problem it's it's something that even in a non-fictional environment is very tough um it's why law enforcement has to go through so much training to to determine whether or not a you know an eyewitness is to be reliable is considered to be reliable or not um Mm -hmm. you know you have you don't just have witness bias you also have investigative bias uh and that's that's a real thing like i think the the problem too for me the problem is is we don't have enough inner dialogue between the characters, so like mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to see, oh, this character is is definitely you know not trustworthy. It's like, well, I don't know. like I mean, I the drifter the, the drifter has people. a lot of things where history history points that he's not truthful. But then you start, you know, like, for example, the whole thing with Orin. You start kind of uncovering it, and you're like, oh, it's not that you're deliberately lying. It's that this hurts. It's painful for you. And, you know, and you don't necessarily, and that's, like, the whole question on, you know, is he, you know, is Orin and him, was Orin and him in a relationship? You know, I would, I'm still on the firm camp that, yes, they were. But, you know that does color you know the whole the whole actual history of relationships colors how we perceive the information too mm-hmm. and so in in the i don't know it's the human human conundrum of not having a full picture of anything other than even our well actually even our own experience we don't have a full picture
2: yeah i i just got my grimoire volume two delivered yesterday oh nice <laughs> the <laughs> fallen kingdoms oh it's um,
0: so it's yeah, so good yeah.
2: And I was reading the after the Concordat, were exiled, and they were deciding who they should let into the into the consensus in their place. And it just struck me that like you don't even know who's speaking in that war mm-hmm. apart from when, apart the only person you know who's speaking at one point is Zavala when he's replying to a question. But other than that, it's just dialogue, mm-hmm. and you don't know, and you have no idea who's talking. So like there's all these these, these gaps that you like, you just can't assess because like well is is that is that Tadeo? You, know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is, is it Saladin? You know, who's speaking right now? We don't know. It's so hard to evaluate. It's very, sorry. I was just saying, it's it's very elliptical. There's all these gaps that you have to fill in, which can be fun, but it could be frustrating as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of frustrating, what about callous? Do we we still write that off as propaganda at this point? Because there are (sighs) things that are starting to come to pass that make you wonder whether or not if they just got lucky or if they're the writers are toying with us at this point, because there are things that are starting to happen that are like, there's a pyramid yeah. ship in the moon. Yes. Um, yeah. That was mentioned. There were things yeah. mentioned that are mm-hmm. similar and it's almost enough of a fortune cookie and the callous cards to be able to fit just about anything to it. But at the same time, there are details that it's like, okay, is he as unreliable as we thought initially?
2: I mean, it's definitely propaganda. There's no question there. But the best propaganda usually has a kernel of truth. <laughs> um, and I think that, that's this really funny background dialogue that I just got with Vala, where he says, you know, please tell Benedict that his actions are noted. It's like the vanguard know that there are these frames spying on them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're, probably, they're probably picking up little bits of what, what goes on in the tower, and they're reporting it back. So that probably, that's probably going into the Chronicron. So I, I just find it really because it's... It's so outlandish and it's so silly and self aggrandizing, mm-hmm. but there are bits where you think, Oh, you know, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that lore. I just, I just find it very funny, but it's also very intriguing. The way it's written is funny,
1: mm-hmm. but there's these, a great job with
2: it, yeah. But there's these little bits where you're like, Oh, god, no, that's disturbing,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like Drifter eating himself to death. Yes!
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, why do we have to do the I Hannibal know. scene? Why did we have I to do love the Hannibal that one. scene? <laughs>
2: such a like it's the most. i mean
0: it's so on the satisfying. nose like, it's it like
2: the symptoms of the ironic punishment division mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah i just all i could think of was hannibal where he makes the the guy eat his own brain mm.
2: uh yes yeah it is I like,
0: was that. like i'm like uh why why do we have to do this <laughs> That that scene made me uncomfortable as it was
2: yeah, but like there's there's bits that he clearly knows what's going on in the tower because there's you know there's a bit where they ask Ava to be the master of ceremonies and like he clearly knows that Ava is stone cold bad. He <laughs> would never do that, even though she looks like a granny. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows that the, the the guardian is angry at Aldrin. Like there's all these little bits that he knows about. I'm I, and I'm, because I love Hawthorne and Zabala I totally ship them. I just I will never stop laughing at the chicken nuggets and chill. Oh my god. <laughs> like oh that my that gosh. card is so funny. That card is so funny. Um, Yeah, I I just find it interesting that those two were put together. Like, regardless of how you see their relationship, I think it's plausible that he's grooming her for a leadership position. Medium of checkers? But somehow. I don't know. Wouldn't she
1: have to have a different. I don't. Like, is there any positions you wouldn't put her necessarily on her vanguard? But, like, where where would you. There would have to be a position created. Would she be? Yeah. A, but I mean, have a seat on the consensus, would she be? Well, but part I mean, they're
0: the already party? talking about dismissing the vanguard, right? And oxygen, SR. So I mean, it's and and with her being in charge of the the inter intercity relations department, if you will, with the whole clan thing. I mean, that's the whole thing. If you listen to Hawthorne's idle dialogue, she's talking about clans interacting with civilians.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And how that has, you know, that's it seems like that's not a a thing that had been uh, really prevalent before, you know, before this, before the Red War, you know, and and that was large part because the Guardians were sequestered away from the civilians. Um, it still bugs me because I, I just I swear, Green. I, you and I talked about this. I, lo- I I landed in the tower first. Idle dialogue mm-hmm. we hear I heard was, "Oh, we caught another shipment to Wormspore to the city." I'm like, "No, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> none of this. Stop with the militia anti Guardian nonsense that's going on."
1: Well, you also have the the dis disregr- disre- the disgruntled aspects. Oh of my gosh, characters angry at at not only guardians or um new monarchy there's <laughs> they just really so many don't different...
0: like they really don't like new monarchy. no not at there is there was one um
2: that's a mood to be honest mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
0: i i don't blame him too much for that one um but there would oh there was one that i heard i hadn't i hadn't heard it in a while but it was uh oh god what was it it was it was basically there's there's a con there's contracts being given out uh which you know is not not a surprise but it's like there was one where he was there was talking about like dead orbit undermining the others to get the contract mm-hmm. or something i'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i just want i want like entries that just like detail the Daily, like lives of civilians, just like the nonsense yeah. that they have to put up with, yeah. like just the absolute insanity that they're like. Wait, what? Why are we? This seems like a bad idea, Icora. Okay, can I have some safety goggles? No. Okay, cool. Have you
2: there heard? Must have... Go for it. I was going to say there must be an area below the tower. That's just because of how many guardians jump off. It. Oh I
0: mean, gosh.
2: This is. Can... <laughs> like, this there is there's got.
0: You know. There's. You know. There's, <laughs> there's a betting pool. You know there's a betting pool about that, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. It's the one audio. of those things, like,
2: yeah, the the, the the jumper was a guardian,
1: is that mm-hmm. the one? Oh no, <laughs> uh-huh. oh, no. Stand by, stand by for confirmation it was a guardian.
0: Oh <laughs> no, I'm like, it's funny, but not funny at the but same time.
2: No, I know, it's one of those things, like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but I am. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's
1: really nice to see the different perspectives actually brought to life like well, it just
0: it grounds out. you in yeah it grounds you in the it grounds you in the difference of the reality that that destiny exists in, right like I mean like in our world, we have you know oh no, someone jumped you know, or whatever, and that's that's like cause for significant concern, whereas in destiny's world, they're like, oh wasn't a guardian like like you can tell like there's like this hesitation to put like concern it's like oh it wasn't a guardian oh no like you know right. but then it's a guardian just roll your eyes and move on with your life they'll probably dance it off
2: <laughs> and then like in the real world we debate like the the morality of boxing like should it be allowed mm-hmm. all the health problems the fact that it's mm-hmm. violence yada yada and in the city, you've got people watching Crucible for entertainment, oh, where people are literally killing each other mm-hmm. and it's, entertain- its entertainment. Like Talk about it's- betting pools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's, pro- it's, it's properly dystopian when you think about it. <laughs> oh, anyway.
1: Yeah, no, good. I'm just trying to think through, um, since we are kind of discussed the fact that pretty much every character, just based off of their... Um, just misremembering things or not intentionally lying but then you also have the narrators that are intentionally deceiving mara drifter some of those whether it's for like good or for bad is there is there anyone that you would be that you personally would be more cautious about listening to than others i know we mentioned callus and i've I've mentioned drifter a few times mara is there anyone that you're just like Mm. hey that one that one we should be careful
2: it's just Toledance,
1: a
0: bunch of for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> green is happy. Yes. I mean <laughs> it's not you're not wrong. I mean, I I would actually I would flip it on its head though and say that it's actually harder for me to think of someone that I wouldn't be cautious of listening to. Mhm. Yeah. Um yeah. Because the thing the thing is is like and this is this goes back to you know the thesis that I did in college and we had to do a different uh, comparison between quantitative and qualitative psychology and which is really eye-opening um, because arguably the people who do the most damage are actually the people who don't realize that they're biased um, mm. and it's because like people who are biased they they will for better or worse, people who are biased and who are intentionally biased, like they tend to have like a tell, like, you know, you, you kind of, they, they kind of, they know that they're hiding something. And so there's like this, this unconscious knowledge that they are hiding something and there's going to be an inconsistency possibly. Like there's, there's a better chance of finding that. Whereas people who are unconsciously biased about things in their mind they are telling you the complete and absolute truth there is no reason to hide because you know it's like the, mm-hmm. it's it's the conviction that they know yeah. what they're talking about mm-hmm. and there's nothing there, there's nothing there that's like oh well maybe this could be wrong but I'm going to say it you know like there's not anything like that um, mm-hmm. yeah which is why you know if you if you you know, read fiction and stuff like that. That's why some of the the greatest plot twists are the people who don't realize that they're being in a plot twist, because in their minds they're they're not. They are a hundred percent, you know, dedicated to plan A, when plan A is actually just a small part of the overall, you know, the overall plot. Um, which is why I kind of I both love and absolutely can't stand uh destiny lore dives because it's like <laughs> it's like oh this this answer is here oh no we got a conflicting mm-hmm. answer over here and like which one's more trustworthy mm-hmm. um <laughs> i third. mean
2: generally in, in literature if you were looking at this from a kind of an english lit perspective if it's a first person narration you know it's probably unreliable third person's sort of a chances are it's more reliable but not necessarily mm-hmm. i mean i think um a, a song of ice and fire is a really good example of this george R. R. martin is very good at writing as an omniscient narrator but he still weaves the biases of point of view characters into the into the prose mm-hmm. yeah which so actually is
0: structurally really enjoyable i can't yeah. stand this i can't mean, stand so, the so, books but th- that i do <laughs> recognize i recognize the skill that that takes
2: yeah. so i mean rule of thumb third-person narration omniscient narrator you're probably relatively safe but it's still not 100 percent. so yeah s- still destiny lore very unreliable you never
1: <laughs> Interesting. blue what do you th- like i'm kind of at the end of my the questions i wanted to pick both your brains about
0: I mean, I guess I I think that kind of was actually what I was going to say, too, is like, you know, how do you determine which ones to trust and which ones not to trust? You know, not well, not necessarily trust. Trust might not be the best word, Um, but which accounts to hold with more weight, Um, you know, a. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm, I'm going to get... No, no, I'm I'm hesitating because I know You're I'm going to get... Yeah, I know I'm going to get in trouble for this next question, and I might edit it out, but that's the nice thing about being <laughs> offline. Um, with works... And Green's going to know exactly what I'm talking about here. With works of fiction. So we have in-game unreliability.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: With works of fiction, I'm curious about your thoughts as to at what point does do you have to retain the perspective of the writer?
1: Uh, huh. like
0: yeah, and I, I know. I'm gonna I I'm seriously doubting that I will keep this in, but I'm just curious of my own on on her on She Bear's opinion on this. Like if if uh if person, do you, if character a, a, if the yeah. writer,
1: do you put weight of the writer's
0: opinion. opinion
1: outside of game or writer's perspective outside of game. Say somebody asked the writer a question about this particular lore. Do you hold that up at such high standards that it is absolute truth based off that is the original source so of who y- wrote it?
2: So are you asking authorial intent versus death of the author? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I lean towards death of the author myself. I think the work should stand for itself.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I am I I'm am like, right like, there with you. I am just curious because uh, as we get further, and, well, and, and and this isn't really meaning to take target any single individual, but my my intent here is to say, you know, as we get more and more into the um, the. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. My dog decided that there is something outside that is needing to be warned about. Give me just a second. She'll she'll stop here in a second, I hope. Okay. Nope, never mind.
1: We had mine in the background. It's fine.
0: i am just I'm I'm whatever. I'm gonna continue. Listen, people listening. Yeah, go ahead. You know, just whatever. It's a dog. Um my, love my, my my uh my point is like, you know, as we get more people who are maybe not familiar with the inconsistencies that are embedded within destiny's lore, just naturally, um, what, you know, I I think that needs to be called out that, you know, sometimes the authors will have opinions that are not necessarily, uh, indicative of the actual story. And sometimes, you know, they are chosen to write pieces with the narrator team the narration teams uh, understanding that they're gonna get you know a specific type of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious. Oh,
2: sorry, with my phone going up. Nope,
0: no worries. <laughs> I had a dog, you oh, have a dear. phone.
2: Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah, you continue.
0: But I was just, I was curious if, like, if you, when you're talking about works of fiction, you know, where where does the line between authorial intent stop and the the actual validity of in-game material begin?
2: I, there was a Scottish poet whose name is completely escaping me right now. One of his poems was chosen as a close reading exercise, and, and they got him to sit the paper, and he got... Six out of twenty. Like he completely failed the paper. <laughs> so
0: oh no! Was,
2: yes, On his own like, cool. <laughs> nice, amazing.
0: Oh, that's so, and, that. Oh, that's so funny. But
2: also, like, like apparently Henry James was turned screw. Like he was just what he thought from his point of view. He was writing a straightforward ghost story, but a lot of people interpret it as you know the the mental breakdown of the, of the protagonist, which mm-hmm. is probably the more the probably the more interesting interpretation. But that's not what he intended. So I, I think. It, it's it's really difficult to say what was intended and what wasn't, and sometimes things that aren't intended are probably more interesting, more meaningful. So I, but and I, say,
0: but I, and know, and I, I guess in in that perspective though, if the if the stated intention of the author was X, but everyone everyone you know everyone agrees that it's oh no, it's actually this. Yeah. Which one is more true? Right? Like, which one would be more? I don't know. Like that's to me. That's I think, also I
2: the. I, I don't think you can be objective about this stuff. I think it's always going to be subjective. Mm-hmm. Just just because the author just because the author says it doesn't mean that why isn't valid. I think. let's well, the?
1: It's the interpretation of the masses. Like what yeah. is what is meant as the actual interpretation from the author it doesn't necessarily mean that's how it's going to be read. You were just a,
2: mm-hmm.
1: trying to explain that, and so the concept of a writing team on top of it just throws it into a whole new loop because you have the intent of the the authors as well as the the studio yeah and what what direction they're trying to head and it may not read like that absolutely at all so so well, an and author... that
0: goes back to the comment about the work standing on its own right
1: right the the death of the author or the the concept of that so mm-hmm. There are moments that it's hard not to interpret things once you get the author's perspective in such a way that it makes it very hard to remain unbiased yourself Mm. because you see it through the goggles of the author now. You don't see it as the the intended audience anymore. (laughs) Sorry.
0: No, you're fine. (laughs) I mean, that's... that's that's uh that's really pro that's like very similar to my my whole thing with john and the dark tower like with the, the 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 similarity that we found or that you know a number of us have seen with the dark tower and the story of shin and uh Re- or um Rezel sure. and all of them you know and then when we we're talking to him he's like oh that's really interesting that's not at all what i was thinking about (laughs) it's like i'm like all right well
2: it's like i wish i thought of that yeah his uh his whole (laughs) thing
0: was like i was thinking mulan and uh what's the villains from the disney the disney mulan he's like that's who i was thinking of yeah the hun yeah yeah. i was like okay that's a bit of a different flavor but i can see it um You know, but uh, the question then goes back to, you know, if it's not in the actual work, though, I guess the argument could be made there that it's not it's not in the work, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not it's not in the text. It's not in the text.
2: Yeah, there's there's degrees of it. I mean, yes, you could interpret the turn of the screw as, you know, one woman's sort of sent into mental illness. You could Mm -hmm. never interpret it. You could never interpret it. Recipe for fruit salad, like there's, there's, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be somewhere in the middle, right? Um, you, you, you've got to be reasonable. We talked about this on Twitter. Like, it's analyzing literature isn't. You can say whatever you want. No, mm-hmm. you have. There is. It, it is systematic. You do have to make reference text So, like, you can't just like pull stuff out of your ass. No, you do have to kind of ground it in the text. Mm-hmm. But there, will, but there, there's always this kind of nebulous area in the edges where people are going to have different in- interpretations and in what it means. Well, and as long as you is. can,
0: I think the the thing to keep in mind for everyone, too, is as long as you can ground it in the text, technically it's valid.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, gotta love theory, theory crafting. hmm <laughs> Yeah. Um, should, we Please, out there? should we start to kind of wrap up the conversation? Yeah,
0: no, you? sorry. Yes, I'm, I'm just thinking all the theories that I have different.
1: Uh-huh. I just, I, I I am enjoying the conversation. I'm enjoying listening to you both um, from your different perspectives, because I do not have a, a literature or an ethics background necessarily, or philosophy background. I just have my humble uh, musician's background. So listening to the development of stories and the concepts of authorial intent versus not, or narr- uh, reliable narrators, it's... It's like reading through stories about Mozart and the concepts of what happened with him. So it's it's very fun to hear it done in a different way, because the stories of Mozart in particular are not ter- uh, not terribly reliable, mm-hmm. mainly because the man was just kind of mm-hmm. all over the place.
0: That's like mm-hmm. Van Gogh or Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. the a little mythologizing. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that and he was, you know, the whole combating systematic depression that mm-hmm. he he was fighting mm-hmm. like a lot of times you see like almost a i it it's a it's a gross oversimplification but it's almost a bipolar presentation of like either he's like I'm the best there ever was or there's like he's like I don't you know I don't deserve to be here and it's like oh, uh, uh, it's a rough Absolutely. that's a rough read too
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you wanna do shout outs?
1: Let's do that. So
0: that so that Green can go do what she originally planned to do.
2: Which is spend time <laughs> with my wife, yes. <laughs> That's reasonable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right.
1: shout out shout out to you, uh, little she bear, mainly from me, just because it's been a bit of a a scheduling thing yes. for us to be able to make this happen and I'm really time zones. Really- <laughs> oh obvi- yeah very much so I think you were five
2: to six hours ahead of us yes um,
1: yeah it's it's oh. nearly
2: eight well it's 10 past eight for me
1: so goodness yeah but, yeah Um, I'm glad that we made this happen I kind of actually hope that we can convince you to come on to the normal show because I had a blast having you here and I would just... love
2: to like if yes. I can get a day where I could stay up stupid late and I don't need to worry about keeping Mr. Bear up then that would be that would be great yeah let's make that happen because
1: yeah i really enjoyed it thank you absolutely thank you for coming on well,
2: thank you for inviting me i really mm-hmm. enjoyed it mm-hmm. Blue yeah. For you uh, and, same and actually the same TV.
0: thing yeah same same thing uh just really enjoy getting a chance to talk about like you know uh slightly behind the scenes aspect of the research you know we, we've talked about this with purple A couple times, but hearing a different perspective of the same concept is always um, really enlightening uh, and also sometimes validating. It's like, oh, hey, we aren't entirely on the wrong page with our our thoughts as far as like how to handle stuff Um, or or the opposite of like, no, Blue's an idiot and he's overlooking this glaring (laughs) glaring thing that he needs to pay attention to um it's still
1: validating it's, just it's more still validating.
0: validating it's just a different form of validation <laughs> it's like look i'm human um mm-hmm. we all are so yeah but you no, know, a really really big shout out to to you for again putting up with our shenanigans on scheduling side no, uh, that was
2: fine.
0: so and did you have it did you have anyone you wanted to give a shout out to
2: um, just my clanmates, um, Jules, Meg, Mora, uh, Reed. Is, I've, they're some of my best friends I've ever made, I think. Nice.
1: Yeah. What clan is it?
2: Oh, well, we used to be in a clan called Fireteam Competence. <laughs> um, nice. And, uh, after like the PC thing came in, that kind of, a lot of people were stuck on PS4 and a lot of people were stuck on PC and we kind of split. Um, we're now in a clan called the Calus- Clan. Oh nice. I I I don't love the name. I'm i it's, okay. it's kind of fun.
1: <laughs> It works. Works in progress.
2: Yeah, we, we we didn't really meet sort of through playing the game. We met through sort of Tumblr and talking about meta or lore and uh, yeah, so that was kind of weird. It's nice. We didn't exactly meet through the game. We met through the game meta. Which
0: nice. Is which is, yeah.
2: Just goes to show just goes to show how important the meta in this game mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So, Absolutely. yeah. Cool.
0: So But okay. yeah, goodbye
1: bye Blue <laughs> is terrible at doing like, <laughs> I don't show know sign offs I'm yeah, just so going, going I'm into just. This motion-